when I hear kids going nuts about not wanting to go to class. No! And they've been dragged off. I always try to remind myself that some of you feel that way about the sermon, and that's okay. We'll live with it. We're going we're gonna to preach it anyway. We are uh, starting a new series this Sunday uh, called 316, and we will be in this series for the remainder of most of the year. It doesn't have an overarching theme. It's just giving us an avenue through which to look at a lot of different verses in the Bible. So this first Sunday is Matthew 3.16. And then after that, it's going to be Mark 3.16, so on and so forth. Maybe John 3.16, we'll see if that has anything to say to us. Uh, we'll go from there. and We're going to look at all the 3.16s in the New Testament. It's just going to be fun. Uh, Matthew, and what's, what's going to be great about it is like Mark 3.16 is just saying that he picked Peter as an apostle. Where do we go from there? There's actually something really cool in there, and we'll see that next week. But this uh, week, we start, start the new sermon series. The old, last month's sermon series is not done. We still have uh, at least the elder selection process. We still have a couple more weeks of the nomination forms there at the back. Elder nomination forms are at the back if you um, are a member or have been here seven times. Um, there, I'm just kidding. If you feel like this is the church you go to, uh, we have elder nomination forms at the back, uh, and we will um, you fill those out and put them in um, the box, or you can email your list of men uh, to the elders at mineralchurch.com. Uh, elders at mineralchurch.com. We are fancy. So do that, and remember... If you want the current elders to, go, if you want to affirm the current elders, you add their names on that list as well. We aren't just adding old elders; we're affirming the ones we have too. Uh, so Matthew three sixteen, we're going to look at it briefly and then um, come back and analyze it a little bit. So we'll read the whole thing. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need you to I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, or landing on him, or coming onto him. That, that they're like landing on. That's why they didn't translate it that way. Sorry, alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, "This is my Son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased." So Jesus gets baptized. Now, for us, this is such an odd thing. In our, in, our, in our tradition, the churches of Christ believe that the Scripture teaches, and I believe the Scripture teaches, that, the, that your baptism is the beginning of your Christian walk. That it's your at your baptism is when you say, I am, I am uniting with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That baptism is... Uh, a work, not a work of man, but a work of God on us. And so we, we believe that baptism is important and, and a, a huge first step for those who want to follow Jesus. Now, 
we've always taught, Acts 2.38 says, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Well, and we're also teaching that you're united with Jesus. So why did Jesus get baptized? What? What? And listen, a lot of us have the same question that John had when Jesus shows up. John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? No, you shouldn't come to me. That's not the way it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to be affected by Jesus. I'm not doing the baptizing here. This is strange. Because Jesus, as we believe, um, did, the, we, we, we confess and believe that Jesus was perfect, that Jesus was holy, and that he didn't need sins to be forgiven, that he was from God, he didn't need to be united with God. Why in the world is Jesus getting baptized? Now, if your answer is, well, to set an example for us, you haven't thought about it long enough. Because there's, there's something bigger and deeper and more beautiful going on here. So, Jesus shows up to John. Now, John's baptism, as it says in Mark, was for, it was a baptism of repentance, was for forgiveness of sins. John was doing that. They had been baptizing people long before church started happening, long before Christianity became the movement that took over the world. We've been they've been baptizing people for a long time. Actually, scholars said that the People of Israel, when they crossed the Red Sea, or rabbis, Jewish rabbis, before Jesus was even born, said that when, as, the, as, the, as the people of Israel crossed the Red Sea, they called that the baptism of the people of Israel. That that was their initiation into God. And so they, they've always believed it was a very important beginning of something. So if, if you wanted to start following a rabbi or if you wanted to become a convert to Judaism but you didn't want surgery, you had baptism. And even if you were circumcised, there was baptism involved depending on which rabbi you were following at the time. And so John was proclaiming that the Messiah was coming, that the kingdom was coming, that, that God was going to do the thing God had always promised to do. And people were coming out in the wilderness to hear him say that, and they were being baptized, repenting of their old ways and for, for being forgiving, forgiven of their old ways, so that they can start this new kingdom life that was coming. And Jesus shows up and is baptized by him and, and wants to be baptized. And John says, no, no, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It'd be like LeBron James coming to me and asking for advice on his shot. I mean, there might be days I'm a better shooter, but he does it way more than me. Now, I love what Jesus says here. It says, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus' response is, let it be so now. Now, we, we have really Bibled up this Greek phrase here. Like, the Bible can make you say, like, we've got to say it in the nicest way possible. But Jesus, this Greek word here is like an, an imperative. Do it. 
And then the, the a Greek word uthus, do it immediately. Like, like it, there's no like, oh well, John, it's you know it's probably best let let it be so now. Do it immediately. And then he gives his explanation. It is proper. It is the right thing for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Sometimes you come to church and you hear a phrase. And you're like, oh, yeah, mm, yes. You nod. Fulfill all righteousness. Yeah, it is. That's proper. Everyone else is nodding. I'm going to nod. Anyone know what that means? Fulfill all righteousness. It's actually really not a difficult term. And the, 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 the explanation that we've given to it has spun it around so many times that it's almost irrecognizable. So we, what it essentially saying is, this is the right thing to do. If we're going to make things right, this is the way to do it. That's it. I wish I had some beautiful explanation. Like, oh, if you look at this Greek word and turn it this way. No, it's just fulfill all righteousnesses. We're, we need to do this because it's the right thing to do. Why, then, is it the right thing for Jesus to do? He's still not answering my question. But if you look at Matthew, there's something crazy that happens. From the very beginning, and Matthew's been very intentional about it. Okay, Sermon on the Mount. Do you know where that is in Matthew? Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. What happens at the beginning? Jesus is born. He's a baby. That usually happens in that order. He's two. And a king wants to kill all the two-year-olds. So they go where? To Egypt. And then once all of the... Um, once all of the attention is off of them, once they've survived in Egypt, they come back to the promised land. Where else have you heard a story where they go to Egypt and come back? And then remember what the rabbi said when they crossed the Red Sea, the people, it's the baptism of the people of Israel. What does Jesus do immediately after he gets baptized? He goes into the wilderness, people. And then, he's, and then he gives the law, which is Deuteronomy, standing on the, the, the Jordan Sea, giving the law again. Matthew 5 through 7. Matthew wants to connect Jesus to the people of Israel. And not just as a literary instinct. Not as, hey, cool, look what I did. He's kind of like Moses. It's not that Jesus is Moses. That's not what he's trying to accomplish. What he's trying to accomplish is he's trying to show you that Jesus is all of Israel. I love, I could listen to just her sing right now. It's the sweetest little voice. I love it. I did a horrible impression of that child. <laughs> so, um, so Jesus wants, Jesus wants to, Matthew is showing the people that he's writing that Jesus is our representative. He is, he's standing in for all of the people of Israel. 
he's not just Moses being a new deliverer. He is a he is the whole of us. He stands for us and stands with us to God. And so when Jesus is baptized with all the other people, like all the other people, he's not connecting himself to God. He's connecting himself to us. That he's our representative. That he's doing with us what we need to do for us. Because he, he wants to stand in solidarity with the people he's come to save. Jesus stands in solidarity with you before God. So his baptism, is to, it's the right thing to do. He's being baptized into, in, in, into, into the people. He's being connected to Israel. He's being connected to us, to the church. And so Jesus is connected to us. And then what happens next whenever he is baptized? As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, landing on him, alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. And with him, I am well pleased. So Jesus connects with us, stands in solidarity with us, and then God shows his solidarity with Jesus. So when God says about Jesus, this is my son whom I am well pleased, he's saying about all of us, these are my children with whom I am well pleased. God is well pleased with us, not because we look a lot like Jesus. God is well pleased with us because Jesus looks a lot like us. That Jesus became one of us and he stood for us. He's our connection to God. But he was already with God. He came to connect us. See, in the, in the end, even baptism isn't about just getting your sins crossed off so that you can have a ledger sheet to show God, to say, here, my sins were forgiven. Did you notice? But baptism is about us being in relationship with God. It's death, burial, and resurrection. I, I wish we could change our vocabulary a little bit about baptism in particular because we, we talk about it as if it's a, like a work or an act. And we even say things like, you've got to be baptized. And I, I agree with that sentence in its structure, but the, like the, the push of it often feels like a shotgun salvation. Like going to someone and saying, you've got to be married. And well, I guess y'all got to get married. Okay, Papa. But like this forcefulness of, of baptism is often, we lose sight of it as, well, it's something you got to do. No, it's, it's what you do when you want to be in relationship with God. I want God. I want to be in relationship with God through Jesus. And Jesus has afforded me that ability. And so I, I get to do this. Man, when I got married... There wasn't 
I was just like so, so excited. I think the picture, isn't our wedding picture on your Facebook page at some point? Go find it. And look at me and her. You're going to want to just look at her, but take your eyes off of her for a second and look at me. I look ridiculous. I, I probably weigh like 150 pounds soaking wet, and 80% of that is my head. And I'm just grinning like, I married her! And she looks happy too, which is nuts! I, I look 12! But, but like, I was, the reason I was so happy was that this woman I was standing to wanted to spend the rest of her life with me. She chose that. Like, I didn't choose that. I asked politely. But that was her decision to marry me. And so I got to do it. And once, and the picture was taken after it was all over. That's why I'm so happy. We I swear she was going to say no. Could have sworn at the last minute. She was like, okay, yeah, I couldn't do better. But there we go. I'm so excited to enter into that union because it's not something really that I've earned. And so baptism isn't you earning the, the, the relationship. It's you entering into the relationship, whether you've earned it or not. And so I'm standing in, in, in the ceremony with God saying, I don't deserve this, but you're here anyway saying yes to me. And isn't that what grace is? Is God's essential yes to us. An undeserved yes. Grace is when God says, I do in baptism. And the reason we get to have that ceremony is because Jesus looks like us. Not because we look like Jesus. All of you have your moments where you look like Jesus. And all of you have your moments where you look nothing like Jesus. All of you have your moments where you look like you, you are the, this top-notch Christian. And all of you have your moments where you don't look like that at all. I'm about to spend two weeks at church camp. First week, I'm the director of middle camp. And the second week, I'm just a counselor at junior camp. Junior camp is, um, is always more, more highly populated because parents are really excited to get rid of those kids for a week. <laughs> Clara just looked. Clara just gave me a look. Clara's going with me. And we've got a bunch of kids here. And I'm going to be at camp. For two weeks. And the hardest part about camp. The reason camp is difficult. Is because you have to be on. The whole time. You, have, you, you could ruin a kid's week. Being impatient with them. You can ruin a kid's week. Snapping at them. Or, or like being a grump. Like you can't be angry at camp. You can't be fussy. You've just got to fight through it. 
and then I'm going on vacation with my in-laws, and that's another story, but we're... So three weeks, I'll be gone. I'll be here on Sundays, and then I'll just be in the mud playing Frisbee with kids. And I'm not going to look my best. I think Saturday, I just may walk out in my street and yell at people, just as like a therapy once I get home. You're not going to look your best all the time. You're not going to be able to keep up appearances or keep up your faith or keep up your walk. There are going to be moments where you, you fall. And so your salvation isn't... De- it, good thing your salvation isn't dependent on you getting it right all the time because you've already blown it if it is. But our salvation is based on the fact that Jesus stands in solidarity with us and we have said, I do second. Because God said, I do first. God has offered himself to us. And we've said yes. So we join with him in baptism. Our baptism looks different than Jesus's. It's not that he's setting an example for us. He's making a commitment in a different direction. Jesus gets baptized. He's making a commitment to us. I get baptized. I'm making a commitment to him. So we share in his suffering, we share in his death, burial, and resurrection, and we we are saved, redeemed. And we don't even deserve it. But it's true. Matthew 3.16 holds for us hope that God desires deeply to be connected with us. It's a beautiful thing to be wanted. It's a it's it's nice to have somebody say, I do. It's nice to have someone say, Yes, I'll go to the well not dance, fall festival with you. I'll I'll be I'll go on that date. I will Yes, I'll come speak, or yes, I'll serve, or yes, I'll teach, or yes, I'll... It's nice to be wanted. You are desired by God. You're desired by God. God wants you to be his people. So much that he sent his son to be connected to you, to die on your behalf, to raise and conquer death, on your behalf, and to be king over his people. I, 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 can't, I, I can't tell you how important this is to your week, that, that God stands with you. You don't have to be afraid. God stands with you. You don't have to be ashamed. God stands with you. You don't have to be addicted in silence. God stands with you. You don't, have, you don't have to be alone anymore. You don't have to pretend like everything is going great because everything's not going great. Everyone knows we're all lying. You don't, ha- you don't have to be 
normal anymore. You don't. God stands with you. God stands with you, and it's intentional because he loves you and wants to be with you. So this can affect your week, either by you um, just taking it with you. Sometimes a response to a sermon is, is you walking that way. But sometimes it's you walking this way and saying, I, I need to be united. God said, I do. I'm saying, I do today. I'm uniting with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. I'm confessing before everyone that, that I am following, that I have faith in that Jesus is the Son of God. I'm committing to repentance. I, am, uh, I, I believe that this is true. I mean, all those things can change your life today. Not immediately, but they'll start changing your life today. God wants to be with you. Do you want to be with him? If you've never said yes to that, or if you need to say yes again, whether you need to get married for the first time or you need to recommit your vows, please come forward while we stand and while we sing.